0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're so excited uh, for our guest speaker. We heard him yesterday at 1 p.m., did an amazing job in that session. And Pastor David Fleming's back with us for this weekend. And uh, in Borman here in Warren Online, TCI, as Pastor David comes forward. Can we just give him a warm Believers Church welcome? Let him know we're excited to have him. Thank you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Excited to be here today, Believers Church in Warren. I feel at home around here. I was born uh, not quite 100 miles from here, a long time ago. So I feel like I'm at home. I want to say uh, thank you to all our friends this weekend. We had a great time with the retreat. So many people serving. We had great worship. I also want to say hello to our friends over in BC, Borden with Pastor Joe Jr. Excited uh, for our friendship with him. My name is David Fleming. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, originally, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I can say that here, can't I? Yeah. Hallelujah. I am a traveling minister, I travel all over the country. Unfortunately, my family is not with me. I'm a dad. I've got two boys, two wonderful boys, and married to my wife, Erica, the most amazing wife. We've been married almost 12 years. It's been the best 12 years of my life. Hallelujah. Scripture tells us that he who finds a wife, do you know this verse? Finds a good thing. Hallelujah. Finds good. He who finds a wife and obtains favor. So it's been 12 great years of favor upon favor upon favor. You know, John said in John chapter 1, he said grace comes into our life. He said it's, it's grace upon grace, wave upon wave. And it has been that with my wife. So we just want to say hello to her. They're back home watching. But we're talking about jumping into your series about God loves. God loves, and this weekend we're talking about God loves serving. So we to have seen great examples of serving all weekend long. I know I'm in the right spot. And so uh, we want to just talk about serving, just the importance of serving, I, I believe I'm in the right spot here this morning. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4. You have your Bibles with you? What do you like? Do you like a, an actual paper Bible? Do you have a phone? What do you guys like? Why don't you open up your Bibles? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read a couple of verses here. Ephesians 4. We're going to start in verse 11. Before we get started, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Thank you so much for your goodness and mercy and grace. Thank you for Jesus. We magnify the name of Jesus Christ. We glorify him. Thank you so much. Father God, we come before you today based on what Jesus Christ did for us thank you that we have favor, that our sins have been forgiven. We are righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, apart from our performance, but we've been made right with you because of what he did for us. So we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit, help us today, anoint us to hear, anoint us to teach. We ask that Jesus Christ would be the most seen, the most exalted. We give you all the glory and all the praise and everybody said. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, did you find this yet? Starting in verse 11, he himself, he himself is Jesus Christ. He himself gave some to be apostles. So now the apostle Paul, right, writing in his book, the Ephesians, it's just a great introduction in the beginning of what does it mean to be born again? And he starts out in chapter one saying that this gospel is God's will. It started with him. and Everything we do is a response to what God has already done for us. He starts out in the beginning saying in the in the there long time ago there were insiders and outsiders, but God's design was to make all of us one. He goes on to say in Chapter 2 that all this is by grace through Jesus Christ. It's not of works. You can't work. You can't earn it. It's given to you. And then he says in Chapter 4, now, how do we fit together? How do we work together? Well, Jesus Christ established the church. This is why you are here this morning. Talking about serving. God loves serving. And so then in that church, verse 11, the Bible says that he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists and teachers. These are gifts he's given into the church. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so Paul is telling us, if you would continue to read there, verses 14 and 15, that when you become born again, you are not at the finish line. That's just the beginning. You've heard the story about Jesus Christ, and now we need you to grow. And isn't that what we want to do as believers? Don't we want to understand God in a greater way? Don't we want that revelation to walk in that? Don't we want to understand that God is for us and that we can have that confidence, that understanding that when I pray, God hears me? And so in order to accomplish this, God has placed in the church ministry gifts. Goes on to say that in verse 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love, oh boy. This is Paul's instruction to us, speaking the truth in love. Boy, we could just camp out right there, couldn't we? We could hang out there for weeks and months speaking the truth in love, right? So when you become born again, all of a sudden you realize, uh, we've got to start to learn how to be nice to people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something about the gospel. We have a relational gospel. Something about that, when that starts to come into your life, uh, something draws you in. Grace draws you in to where you start to be a little bit nicer to other people. (laughs) I like to say it this way. Years ago, I got a revelation of Jesus Christ one time just studying a verse and just came alive on the inside. Does that make sense? Have you had those experiences yet? Paul, The Apostle Paul said this way, we go from glory to glory, and you get a revelation of Jesus, and you think to yourself, I am never going to be the same. And I would call up friends, I think I'm seeing something different. And then you go a little bit, and then another revelation comes. We are revelation people. You need revelation. The life of the believer is not one just designed for it just to be mundane and boring and trudging through. No, there is a joy to salvation. And the more you understand, all of a sudden you come back and you begin reading the word of God. And I say it this way, that the day that I got that revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, it started to change how I shopped at the Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I remember sitting in traffic one time. It was actually the, the end of the season. I'm shopping for Christmas. I'm generally still a late-minute Christmas shopper. I know we're a little bit off on our holidays here, but where's my, where's my last-minute Christmas shoppers? I know there's a bunch of us out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nobody in the room... You haven't already started the next year's Christmas, right? You haven't started that. Anybody here you've already started? Oh my! Oh, wow. Wonderful. That is wonderful. But there are some of us who shop it for Christmas, like on the 23rd and the 24th. And we would really appreciate it if you're not busy, if you would just move out of the stores and just let us. There's a desperation to us. The, the eyes glass over and we're just grabbing something. Nothing says I love you greater than something I picked up at the quick trip on the way to your house for Christmas. But I remember that that verse you're sitting in the traffic surrounded by people. And I realized God loves all of these people. It changes us. It goes on to say, then, we should no longer be children. Verse 16. Let's go to 15. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up into him who's the head, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. This causes the growth of the body, edifying itself in love. Let's talk about another holiday, Thanksgiving. I think it's my favorite holiday. Anyone else enjoy Thanksgiving? Yeah. I don't know why I've loved Thanksgiving from the beginning. I'm not sure if it was meat and potatoes or football or time off of school. So I am the youngest of four. I've got three older siblings. It's actually different than that. I've actually got three older sisters. I know. Hallelujah. I tell youth all the time, be nice to your siblings. Got to be nice today. Because someday they may get you back and they may have a microphone. (laughs) So Thanksgiving for me was just showing up, and I'm excited to be there. So for years as a kid, my whole job at Thanksgiving was to just show up. Where is the potatoes? Where are Where's the turkey? And I'm watching. The older sisters are all getting involved. They're pitching in. And when you're the youngest, where come on, where's the youngest in the room? Where are you? Handful of us. We have learned a few things just by watching, and we've learned if we're just quiet, (laughs) we can avoid some responsibility. You don't have to do as much. Just don't make eye contact. Just look down. Just... And so for years, the whole family is working on Thanksgiving. My contribution is my presence. What did you bring? I brought me. You're welcome. Now let's eat. This is so great. We should do this once a month. Why is this once a year? And this went on for a long time. And then the way siblings are, older siblings, where are you? Where's the older siblings? Yeah, that's a, that's a good number of you here today. They start to fuss to the parents. Brother needs to do something. Brother needs to do something. All right. So my whole contribution in the beginning, my parents came to me, said, we want you to do something for Thanksgiving. OK, so so one sister is like helping with a turkey right? I'm watching another sister is like helping with pies. She's not going to the store. She's baking pies. Another one is doing vegetables. And and so my parents asked me, here's my whole contribution. <laughs> <laughs> bag of ice. Can you bring a bag of ice? Yes, you know, I think I can do that. And then along with a bag of ice and my other contribution was, can you bring some soda? And So for years, this was my years, years and years and years. This is my contribution to Thanksgiving. A dollar, a dollar. Forty seconds at the quick trip. 279, 279. So I'm bringing what I like. I'm bringing what I enjoy. And my mother said to me, Would you consider bringing something else other people would like to drink? Okay, right. What does somebody else want? Bring something for somebody else. And then one year oh, they asked me to go back. After I already arrived, they asked me to go back and get a second bag of ice. Can you believe? Oh, the humanity. <laughs> this is my contribution for years. And I loved it. <laughs> I had it made. Right. And then one year, the girls figured out I know how to make mashed potatoes. The jig is up. Potatoes and potatoes and potatoes and potatoes. And they would tell me, oh, Dave, these potatoes are the best. Pota- you make the best potatoes. So, right, so I'm young and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do make good potatoes. I need to make the potatoes. Right? That's how you motivate a man. Tell him nobody makes potatoes like you do. <laughs> He's in it for the next 20 years. I'm so sorry. Now I get it's the blandest thing on the table. I get it. What is it, potatoes and butter and salt, right? A little milk. bit of milk. That's my contribution for years. So when we get together, everybody's pitching in. And, and then as I got a little older, I actually showed up a little early one year, not trying to be in the way, but like helping out. Started to do a little bit more. It, This is the way my Thanksgiving is, my family. Is this the way your family is? Everybody's doing something. Everybody's pitching in. Learned how to carve the turkey. One year, a brother-in-law came to me and said, hey, let's do the dishes this year. I'm like, dishes today? You want to do dishes on the biggest dish day of the year? Man, why didn't you pick a day when we're using paper plates? We did the dishes. Everybody's pitching in. Everybody's doing something. And then so at this point, let's fast forward at this point. This past year, I actually did the turkey. I'm like cooking the turkey. Oh, it was the best. It's the best turkey I've ever done. (laughs) I've given those girls a run for their money. One or two of them gave up, but one of them, you know, just kind of hmm. Younger brothers doing the turkey. Mm." My nephew's come along taught my nephews how to carve turkeys. When my niece was little, we had her putting ice in the glasses. And then there came the day where I turned the bag of ice over to the, the youngest nephew. It was his job. He actually forgot the bag of ice on his first time. You know, you know I harassed him the whole meal. Couldn't bring a bag of ice. Where's the bag of ice? What are you doing with the bag of ice? At this point when we get together, right, another nephew's doing this one, we're all pitching in. Everybody's doing something. This is the way Thanksgiving works at my house. It's not one person who hosts and does the turkey and the potatoes and the stuffing in the pies and the vegetables and the rolls. We always burn the rolls every year. Right? It's five people's responsibility to make sure we don't burn the rolls. I guess we've got too many people watching that. We love getting together. It's not one person. It's the whole thing. This is the picture I believe Paul is painting. Let's look at this verse again, Ephesians 4, 16. Okay, this is what Paul is saying. From whom the whole body, the whole family joined and knit together by what every family member, what every joint supplies, what do you have? According to the effective working by which every part does its share, this causes the growth of the body. If you are going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, it requires you to do something. It's not enough just to become born again. You need to jump in and begin to serve. God loves serving. Serving is the attitude of the kingdom. This is who we are. See, some of you are like me. When it comes to church, you're like me when I was young. You're just showing up. Let's just be honest. (laughs) You are aware that this production goes with the blood, sweat, and toil of a lot of people. Do you realize some people were here at seven o'clock this morning to pull this off? And yet some people just show up and say, this is great. I love it. So nice. I can't wait to come back next week. And at some point, we're going to ask you, can you bring? A bag of ice. Can you bring a bag of ice? See, serving starts small. What is it that you have? You have something. And the picture Paul is painting here is that you come into the church and you begin to grow. You don't start out at the beginning. We're not asking you to sell everything and move into the church. We don't have room for you. We don't want to look after you that way. And in the beginning, I'm not asking you, will you come at 7 and stay till 2 p.m. and do everything? What I'm asking you today is, would you consider finding your place? Would you do your part? See, God has called the ministry team, but in addition to the ministry gifts. He actually calls people to serve. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27 and 28. I want you to see here. We all understand that God anoints the pastor. He anoints ministry gifts. Everybody can agree on that. But do you realize he actually anoints people to just do regular work? He actually anoints people to serve. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is painting just a great picture here of how we all fit together. If we had time, we'd study the whole chapter. He's using a human body, human body. How does the human body work together? It's all different parts, parts that you see, parts that you don't, parts that are soft, parts that are tough. And he said, we all come together. God placed us in this body and we all have a part to play, but we're all different. And he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 8, now you are the body of Christ. This is all of us members individually. Now God has set in the church. So we have another list by the same author, the Apostle Paul. He writes another list to another group of friends. And he says, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, miracles, gifts of healings. Now he adds this this time, helps and administration placed in the church. This place of serving is not an afterthought. This place of serving is not just, let's come up with a team of people who will do stuff we don't like to do. No, God placed in the church helps and administrations. If you'll look up these two words in other translations, you'll see it translated helpers. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Assistance. Wise guides, not wise guys. There's a D in there, wise guides. Organizers. Where are my organizers? Where are the people that love to organize? Charts and graphs and lists. Oh, yeah. Love to tell people what to do. Yeah. (laughs) You have been placed in the church. Here's my favorite. Taylor paraphrase says, God has placed in the church those who know how to get others to work together. Mm. Don't you love that? Where are my mediators? Where are my people that just love people? You love grabbing people. Where are you? I know we've got a bunch in the crowd. Where are you? Wave at me. You have been placed in the church. With a gift that you have, you are perfect for what we need. But there comes a time where you just got to start in the beginning. What is it that you have? Let's present that to God. This has been placed in the church by God. I want to show you a story in Acts chapter 6 of this serving team in action. I want you to see this. This is actually in scripture. I want you to see how important this is. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, we're going to read the first few verses there, verses 1 through 7. So we're familiar with the book of Acts. We understand that there's so many miracles taking place. The Holy Spirit showed up in chapter 2 and changed everything. A boldness came on the people. And then miracles started to happen. But now in chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, it starts out, it says, Those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint from the Hebrews and the Hellenists. The widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Uh Uh-oh. So in the middle of a book about miracles, the Holy Spirit pauses to let you know there was a time when people started to complain and they weren't getting along. Holy Spirit is letting us know when you get a bunch of people together, you're going to have some things to work through. But he said, I have an answer for you. The disciples said, listen, it's not right that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. So do you understand here the story that they're painting? They're serving food every day, and the number keeps growing, and there's too many people. The, The apostles were the only ones doing the work. More people are coming. More people are coming. And some people didn't get to eat. So people started to complain. The the apostles said, listen, we we believe we've heard from God. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come up with a team of people. They said, it's not right that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, look out among you, team of people, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word saying, please, the whole multitude and the disciples then chose. And now we see these people listed by name. I want to read these names to you. Have you ever heard these names before? Verse five, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Now, remind you, this is for the kitchen. We're doing dishes. We're peeling potatoes. We're cutting the meat. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. We know the names of the people who worked behind the scenes in the early church. God loves serving. The Holy Spirit lets you know this is important to him. This is important in the kingdom of God. He's not just highlighting the ministry gifts. He's highlighting the team that served behind the scenes. So in the middle of this book of miracles, the Holy Spirit says, let's pause. Let's talk about this. He lists by name. The story goes on to tell us that the apostles called with the following seven individuals come forward. Can you see this? Can you picture that? They're in front of the whole group. It says the Bible says that they laid hands upon them. Can you see this? Now we've done this before someone went on a missions trip. Someone's leaving our group, starting another church. We're going to pray for everybody understands that. This is for the kitchen. These individuals are They're, they're praying for them. The Holy the Holy Ghost comes upon them. Disciples are praying for him, and the disciples said, "Okay, now we'll send you out into the kitchen. What is the result when they got things in order behind the scenes? Let's look at verse 7. Then the word of God spreads. See, the word of God is what makes the difference. The word of God is what we are all about. The word of God is what has transformed my life. This is what has transformed your life. And this is what we want. We want to get this into the hands of people. But the truth is, is that sometimes when people first walk in, they're actually maybe not quite ready for a word, for a verse to change their life. Sometimes people just need a sandwich. And so serving, this place of serving, is the place where the word of God meets the people. That's it. Serving is the place where the word of God comes into contact with the people. So when you arrived on campus, you already saw many examples of serving. We painted uh, lines in the parking lot to let you know where to park your car. That's an element of serving. You're not concerned at all about your car. Somebody got to hit my car. Or what's going on there? No, your car is set. You came in. You notice how clean the building was. We're greeting, right? we got a host team greeting you at the door. Getting what are we doing? We're getting you ready to hear from the word of God, because we know the story. We know that as soon as you come in and as soon as you experience Jesus Christ, your whole life is changing. Everything is going to change about you. Your past, your family, your future, everything. We are so excited. So we greet you at the door, right? We're not shaking you down, checking you out. Who are you? Right? Have you ever come into church and they, like, block the door? What do you want? Who are you? Well, I guess. Come on in. All right. We got room for you. Just sit on the back row for us, though. Has that ever happened to you? Right? Paul said it's the effective working, right? We're, we, we want the right people greeting. We don't want you to say, Pastor Joe, uh, I need help working with people, so maybe I should be a greeter. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe we'll start you on the back parking lot. (laughs) But we're greeting you. We are excited. We are letting you know you are one of us. Something is about to happen in your life, and we are so excited you came because we know the Word of God is coming. It's going to change your life. And then we have chairs, right? Why do we have chairs? It's so much easier to teach when you're facing me. (laughs) Yeah, some of you, you haven't done youth ministry before, where they just you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where the kids are. It's so much easier when you're facing. And then we have classes for the children. That helps us. That helps the word. They're hearing the word. We're not just babysitting back there. We're getting these kids ready to meet Jesus. And then we have worship. We're not trying to impress you with our voices and our ability. We are getting your heart ready to hear from God. It's the word of God that makes the difference. And so when I serve, I'm right at that place, ready to present the word of God. And so the serving team is the one that comes alongside pastor, takes responsibilities from them. So he stays in that place of hearing from the word of God. He's ready. So the Bible says in verse seven, the word of God spread. That's what we want. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Everybody say greatly. Greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. When organization happened behind the scenes, it impacted the ministry that happened in the pulpit. They're all working together. When you serve, you find that place to serve, something vital is happening. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you got to come alongside and serve. So we're applying this to the local church. The local church is not the only place to serve, but I do believe it's one of the best. It's one of the easiest places to serve. You don't have to come up with everything. You could just jump in and help us. And I believe there's a place for every single person to serve. There's something for all of us to do. So in the local church, what we have is camera operators. We got a host team. We got a security team working in children's, working in youth. There is something for everybody. What do you like? Do you like people? We got something for you. Can you sing? We've got something for you. Do you like working on the computer? We have something for you. What is it that you have? And so when you understand how much God loves serving, then it's easy to bring what you have. What you have is vital. We need it. There's no such thing as just a bag of ice. See, when you present it with the right heart, let's look at one more verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. I want to read this for you in the Amplified translation. So in 2 Corinthians, five, six, seven, and eight, the apostle Paul is talking about sowing. He's talking about giving money. And yet this attitude of giving, I believe it applies to every area where we give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly. Come on, we're not forcing you to do anything. not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. God loves serving. God loves the person who is just so excited. Father God, I'm here because you've been so good to me. This is why we serve. He's been good to us. We have to go back over that story, go back over what Jesus Christ has done for us. We have it made because of Jesus Christ. And now I can approach the father, and I'm so grateful for what he's done. You know, my father passed away when I was a, uh, 16. And so for many years, I saw myself as an orphan. But you know what he does? God turns orphans into sons and daughters, and then he turns sons and daughters into mothers and fathers. So if you just come close to me, I've got I've got pictures. I don't know how many thousands of pictures I have on my phone. Just come close and I'll show you my boys. I actually printed some off. I've got them. Uh, if you don't want to look at a phone, guess what I got here? Ha! I got, I got like hard copies. Just just get near me. Just get close to me. I'm going to show you. Oh, here's one. They're, they're, they're giving me a serious face. Oh, just come close to me. Why? This is the story of redemption in my life. <laughs> He's been so good to us. God has been good to us through Jesus Christ. But before you ever start to serve, there's, there's one step, and that is salvation. Do you know the story of Jesus Christ? Do you know what he's done for you? Before you ever get started serving, you gotta get into the family, right? And this is why God sent Jesus Christ. No man was good enough. No man was perfect enough to do it. So God sent Jesus, and the Bible says that he paid the price for your sin. died on the cross for you. You need help. Have you recognized that? You need a savior. Have you come to that conclusion yet? The Bible says, will you you believe that story? And because he lived a sinless life, the Bible says God raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive today. Scripture tells us, do you believe that? You need help. He died for your sins. He's alive today. That's how you become born again. Will you take one more step and confess him? All over the room, come on this morning. I want you to close your eyes. Let's just pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you've never been born again, this is your chance. Salvation is a free gift. You can't pay. There's nothing you can do about this. I want everybody to just repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of my sins. His blood washes me clean. You raised him from the dead. He's alive today. Thank you that all my sins are forgiven. That I'm righteous by the blood. I'm under your favor. Thank you that your goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want you to look at me for a minute. Is this your first time praying that? I want you to raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Anybody at all? This is your first time. We have a Bible for you. We've got something. This is a great start. Anybody at all? Raise your hand. We want to get you some information. Got one back here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is your first time praying that. We just want to tell you, welcome to the family. You're now one of us. You have favor with God. He hears you. Some of you, you've been in the church, you've been serving for a while, and what we wanted to do today is just come back and remind you, why are you doing this? Keep on going. Some of you, you started out, maybe you served somewhere else, and it just didn't go well for you. Maybe, did we inspire you to to jump back in, find that place again? There's something for you to do. How do you get started? Ask some questions. Is there an area in in the ministry that just sounds good to you? Go ask some people. Maybe a friend will invite you and jump in with them. So many ways to get started. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's the way of the kingdom. And don't be surprised if you start out with a bag of ice. And, and you work your way up. Years ago, the church called me. I've got my diploma from Bible school. I'm ready to preach. I started cutting the grass. <laughs> that was not the dream that I had. But as I was faithful to just keep helping, I've done tons of jobs, jobs that I liked, jobs I did not like. Had wonderful opportunities to get offended and want to quit. Uh-oh. Well, we could camp out there for days, couldn't we? Great opportunities to offend other people, but I just stayed with it. I just stayed in it. Serving. You find that place of serving. I believe serving is what unlocks the dream that's on the inside of you. It's the way of the kingdom. How do you get to that place where you grow? Help someone else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope we inspired you today, encourage you today. There's something for you to do. Jump in with us. Come on and get involved. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.